just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Another week. It's been a, been a couple weeks, but uh, how are you? Oh, pretty pretty great. Pretty great. You? Good, good. Fantastic. Another episode. We, uh, um, finals are finally done for me, for my students. So I'm going to open up, probably open up some free time. We've got a lot of changes coming to the podcast. Philip and I have been discussing. Absolutely. Um, my side of things with what I can work with. <coughs> well, and let's be clear, they're not really necessarily changes to the podcast itself. Addendums. I mean, there are some, but more to the structure of how we do things on our end and mm-hmm. hopefully make things better for you guys. We're so, going to start opening up some more some more avenues of uh, outreach. As far as what to expect, I suppose, um, I've been thinking about just on my end where I have all the editing software, I have all of the studio equipment, probably start doing some daily postings or every other day on some short episodes, just me. Well, let's not overpromise. It could oh, just be I, I, remember I started, twice a week some weeks. I started with a possibility of <laughs> just being open with our audience um, and as far as expectations go. And then, Philip, you want to tell them about your possible endeavors or uh so i'm setting up a computer well i think we can tell them some i i sure i'm setting up a new computer my old one is absolute toaster garbage (laughs) as in i haven't even turned it on in six months because it's not worth spooling it up if it was a transformer it would be that one transformer that was worthless the little tiny robot guy who was like, it, "Hey, it, it would have been no, no. It re- literally would have been the transformer that turned into a toaster." <laughs> and I've got Starscream over here, so. Anyways. Um. So I'm I'm working on putting together a better computer so that I can do some more of this stuff at my place and just devote a little more time to it. I want to go through the episodes that we've produced, starting at the beginning, and I want to cut some clips, start posting shorter, shorter sound clips and uh maybe do some videos alongside sure and start doing some some more regular posting on other social medias and getting some more of the the hot button issues the the finer points of things kind of cut to themselves and released hopefully to spread things out give you a little easier sound bite easier to take now this is all this is all potential at this point. Nothing set in stone. It's just things Philip and I've been talking about. And well, there's a bunch more, we, but we're not going to share everything. With yeah, you. yeah, of course. But we just feel like you guys, as our audience, it's only fair to let you guys know the direction we're trying to take this podcast. So, but with all that aside, let's jump in. The tragedy of Darth Plagueis. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong it story. Is not the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. <laughs> Although Tragedies. That, is, that, is, that is a pretty good one. Tragedies as a whole is kind of where I was going with that. <laughs> Star Wars jokes, you know how we do. Um, no, we, uh, we were talking, going to discuss some of the finer tragedies across science fiction and fantasy as there are a multitude of tragic stories, tragic characters, tragic outlines. I mean, the biggest one that comes to mind to me and probably the most obvious with Star Wars is The Rebellion. That you know, if if you haven't seen Andor, that kind of ties in even a little bit more as far as tragedy is concerned. 
I think that is a really good one, and we can talk about it. But I'm gonna have to disagree that it's that it's one of the most noteworthy. I think it's the most notorious given the story of uh, four, five, and six, the original trilogy. Right. And then Rogue One, Andor. You even have the Rebels series, which I didn't really get too much into. But the notoriety of the sacrifice that the Rebels had to make, selfless sacrifices. And I mean, I, I really don't want to spoil Andor for you, but there's so much more involved with that. You know, Saw Gerrera, there's mention of Garm, which made me so happy. That's all I'm going to say. And the Rebel Alliance, we all know, is underfunded, under militiaed, undermanned. The Navy is not as big as the Empire, but they... They are willing to sacrifice anything and everything in order to defeat the Empire. That's how devoted they are. And where I see it as a tragedy is they know they're going to die. They know the chance of... They know the die is cast against them. Yeah. They know the chance of losing and they know the repercussions of what happens if they lose. But that's enough to keep them going. However... The hope. The hope, exactly. I mean, that's the name of episode four, A New Hope, which is Luke Skywalker. And I think we all saw in Rogue One the sacrifices, you know, Jen Erso and Cassian Andor both, they knew they were going to die when they made it to the final planet, Scarif. Oh, absolutely. They, they did their job. Admiral Raddus got the Death Star plans uploaded to his ship. And they awaited their destruction from the Death Star. Absolutely. And it was kind of a tragedy. The whole story of Rogue One is tragic. They should have turned Cassian and Jin into a romance. I feel like that would have made so much more sense. You could tell that there was fealty towards each other. There was that mistrust in the beginning. And then there was the fealty. I think there there was... was a developing romance story there. And I think that's what made it so great was the fact that they didn't just outright go into a romantic story, but that... Well, it, it, the undertones were there. It was it was romantic in the sense of right up until the end in that elevator scene. You know, right? They they, they knew what was going to happen <laughs> next, and they didn't want to hide their feelings for each other. But I just think, and you know, and then you have Bay's Malbus, and you have the the blind guy, the ex Jedi. Oh, the monk. I can't think of his name. Me neither, and it's gonna bug the crap out of me. That's okay. I don't mind if it does. Uh, I know you don't, but... It is a really tragic story, but it has all the elements of great tragedy that, while it's a tragedy for the characters involved, while it is truly a sacrifice and a tragic sacrifice at that, it does provide the goal, and they gave they gave their lives... Chirut. Chirut. I had to look it up. Chirut Imwe. Yeah, ex-Jedi. But they gave... They gave their lives, quite literally, for a greater good, for a, a new hope. and that Knowing really, they wouldn't be there to see it. Right. And, and that really is, it's tragic for them, but it's not a tragedy for everyone because it allowed the Death Star to be destroyed. Well, and it was, it was celebratory in the end for the rest of the rebels. You know, because Admiral Addis... Excuse me, Admiral Raddus, the other Moncala on his ship. Right. He's like, after the Death Star plans were loaded up, he's like, may the Force be with you. Like, he said that down to those people on Scarif because he knew they were dead. Right. There was no way. He, and, he, you know, mission accomplished. And that's actually one of the few scenes that moved me. In the, Not just Darth Vader showing up. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but 
after that sacrifice scene of the Death Star blowing up Scarif, and then you see that gigantic explosion down there, knowing all those rebels, they succeeded. Right. right. But where I see it and where I call it a tragedy is because those rebels are never going to get to experience the free world from the Empire. And like I said, it, it is a tragedy for them. Mm-hmm. But it's a noble sacrifice at the same time if you view it from everyone else's perspective. Yep. So I think the most notorious tragedy personally in the original six movies is the tragedy of the Republic. Oh, okay. Interesting. The tragedy being that they were truly intending to do good. They were trying to be the light in the galaxy. And because of their own inability to see the greater picture, they ended up allowing the Sith to overcome them, to become Supreme Chancellor, to go out of his way to destroy them, but they won. And then after they won, after they beat the the Separatists, they are essentially destroyed. So they become the Empire. The Republic does, but what about the Jedi? Would you tie them in, or would you tie that in as tragedy in and of itself? That is a tragedy as well, and it's kind of the same tragedy because they're tied to the to the the Republic, and with the death of the Jedi and the death of the Empire or the death of the Republic, you can argue that the death of the Jedi caused the death of the (laughs) Republic. And you can argue that the death of the Republic is what caused the death of the Jedi. You, You can argue that those two lines are coexistent, that they, they work with one another. But at the end of the day, it's the tragedy that I'm looking at is the Republic was actually trying to be good for the galaxy. They were trying to mm-hmm. decrease violence, to have a monopolar galaxy. Abolish slavery in the Outer Rim. Basically put put tariffs and try to control the cartels and the crime syndicates. Well, and just trying to control war. Because every time the galaxy has multipolar <coughs> governance, you know, any time that the Sith had an empire and the Republic existed... Yeah or the Republic and the Mandalorians, or the Sith and the Mandalorians, or basically any time there's a multipolar equal, near-peer equals, there's massive war and suffering across the galaxy. And the Republic was trying to stop that. They were trying to make it a better place. Now, they didn't always succeed, but at least they were (laughs) trying. Now, I, I would agree with you the Republic is definitely a tragedy, but I think, speaking in terms of notoriety when it comes to tragic storylines i would even say anakin's story is more tragic no absolutely no and the reason i disagree is only because anakin it's redeems himself power based it's no 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 the, the the not so tragedies don't necessarily have to end in the way they do yeah it's they a, do that's what makes them a tragedy uh, but Yes and no, because eventually the Republic redeems itself. No, it doesn't. It's destroyed. It becomes the new Republic. If anything, that's that redeems the Rebellion. It's in the EU. <laughs> if anything, that redeems the Rebellion. They create a new Republic. It's in the name, the New Republic. Okay, when I say tragedy, I mean his upbringing. Slave. Knows nothing else. 
no father in the house to raise him to be a man. Gets taken to the Jedi. Gets basically renounced by the Jedi. Comes back. Becomes a Jedi Master, but he doesn't have a seat on the council. Falls in love. This love is forbidden. Basically fighting every single emotion, feeling, thought that crosses his mind. Because he knows it's wrong. He feels the guilt and the shame. I, I would only Falls say... to the dark side to save his... I mean, the whole story is tragic, regardless of redemption at the end. It's kind of tragic, but it's not because at the end of the day, it's all his fault. He he does it to himself. And that's what makes him such a great villain, is that whether he wants to admit it or not, it is all his fault. He may think he's doing what's best. He may think that joining the dark side will save Padme. He may think that cutting off Mace Windu's arms will save his love. But at the end of the it day... It is tragic. If at the end of the day, it's not tragic because he's doing it to himself. Tragedy is something that happens to you from an outside force. Mm, Romeo and Juliet definitely wasn't a tragedy outside of themselves. The, yeah, it was. They Their families. did it to themselves, but they still continued to love each other and they chose no, to... No, 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 no. They're idiots. I, I get that. I'm just saying your point doesn't make sense that he did it to himself so it's not a tragedy. Well, there's a couple things that make it not a tragedy. He did it to himself and... A part of being a tragedy is that it's all downhill. But that doesn't make He's it, not all downhill. It doesn't make it not a tragedy just because he did it to himself. It may be tragic. Okay. It may be a tragedy in like the literal sense of the word, but not in the sense of the storytelling. Not in the sense of poetry, you mean. Right. Okay. It's not That's a tragedy. That's why I was confused. I was like, his life was very tragic. <laughs> Maybe. But if you're speaking tragedy in terms of poetry or philosophy, okay, I can see that point. I think I would argue that Anakin's life was not really tragic. Anakin was just an idiot. How is he an idiot if he grew up a slave with no father? Maybe that's tragic. Maybe. But at the age of eight, he got out of that and put into one of the highest ten. echelons. He was ten. Whatever. Highest echelons There's a big difference between function of He got put into the, the religious cult of the Jedi, <laughs> which is the, the top <gasps> of the Republic society. I just, I still see it as a tragedy. Just his whole life, his upbringing. I mean, look at what the Jedi did to him. You're telling that me, would even, be even like if, me. Even if he was indoctrinated into the cult of the Jedi, look at what they, look how they treated him. That would be like me giving you a billion dollars and you squandering it on drugs and hookers, and then bitching about how bad your life is. That would be a tragedy. No, because I did it. That myself. would be your own problem. But to someone from the outside, maybe. Would see that and say that's tragic. He had all that money and he lost it. Oh, I think they just. I, I think they misunderstand the meaning of the word. Well, if, first of all, we need to figure out wh where did I spend the money on these hookers and what kind of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> a lot okay, and a lot. Okay. <coughs> um, but look at how the Jedi treated him and tell me that's not tragic. They he gave him everything he could have wanted. They didn't give him anything. They controlled him like a dog. Right, because they did more controlling than the slave master. Um, okay, look at how he was treated by Obi-Wan. No, no, no. You remember that old book when we were kids? No, David. No, David. Any little tiny thing Anakin did that was... You never read the No, David book? No. Like a early 90s book. This kid's always doing things that kids do. That get He gets in trouble, right? Like he's 
putting his hand in the toilet bowl or he's taking toys where he's not supposed to and his mom's always like, no, David, that's bad. It is. Right. But he's a kid. And? He doesn't know any better. And how do you learn So, better? hold on. Where I'm going with this is with Anakin. He, on the battlefield, would do different tactics, try and find a different... And the Jedi are always like, no, Anakin, that's bad. You can't do that. And he's like, why? Well, sometimes it was I war su- crimes. Succeeded. I'm going to give the Jedi a little bit of credit. I'm just saying... I mean, faking a surrender in order to attack yeah. from the inside, that's a war crime. But he succeeded, and they're at war. Right. And a lot of the time, the Nazis succeeded because of war crimes. I'm just throwing it out okay. there. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right, but by happenstance, the tragedy of his disdain for the Jedi, who were supposed to teach him how to be the Chosen One, when in fact all they did was put a collar on him as the Chosen One. If anything, the and Jedi's... And we, t- we talked about that in our Chosen One episode. If anything, the Jedi's failure was not raising Anakin with a sense of devotion. respect and devotion. Um, he was devoted to the Republic, but he wasn't devoted to the Order. Well, and he wasn't devoted to the tenets of the Order, which want, is the important part. Do you know why he wasn't? Uh because, because they were idiot? too busy controlling him. Instead of saying, okay, take this for example. So Anakin saying, Controlling I love, something's not necessarily a bad thing. It is, in his case, because as the Chosen One, he was supposed to have free reign. And it, uh, that's actually spoken. That's what Qui-Gon said. He's you like, can't give a kid free reign. Not a kid, but listen to what he I'm saying. He was a kid. Okay, I love Padme. I have feelings for my mother. No, Anakin, you can't. That's bad. Yeah, they they did they did why? fail. They why dropped the ball on that. Why is that bad? No one taught him why it's bad. Well, they, you have to let go of your emotion. Okay, well, why? well, that's what I was saying. They they messed up in not teaching him those things. Then that's a tragedy because he 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 grew he went his whole life not knowing the reasons why he couldn't do something. He doesn't have his own logic. Figure it out, dude. You're a man. Oh. By the time you hit an adulthood, you figure it out. Be a man. I I see where you're trying to go, but I still see my point as. Even if he's a grown adult or mid twenties, I think in the movie is what he's supposed to be like twenty six or twenty seven. Even maybe then, don't side with the guy who's ordering you to murder all the kids. Like, like that's not that hard a logic to go from. At that point, he was already too far gone. But yeah, that is true. I mean, I mean just like, hey, I joined the dark side, uh, and Sidious tells you go murder all those kids. Maybe at that point you go, ah, maybe Mace was right. Maybe don't murder an entire entire tribe of Tuscan Raiders for no reason. And the women and the children, too. <laughs> exactly. I, I, it's not really a tragedy because it's all on him. But it's it, it's tragic in the outcome. He turns the in, outcome's he turns tragic. In, he turns into the very thing that he swore to destroy in the words of Obi-Wan. But then he, he, he redeems himself. So the redemption is what is what keeps it from being a tragedy in my mind. Okay, tragedy poet, poetically wrong but tragic in the terms of the definition and stories that we're talking about i would say i think if there's any tragedy in that it's the tragedy that he lost his mom he he lost his wife the jedi did try to do their best to raise him to be a good and noble soul and they failed but they didn't raise him to be the chosen one like he's supposed to be maybe but at the end of the day they really did because he did exactly as the prophecy foretold not in their mind, though. That's too bad. You don't get to have your own reality. <laughs> yes, you do. You're the Jedi. No. No, nobody gets to have their own reality. If the reality is balance meant everybody dies, then everybody dies and you don't get to decide whether that's good or bad. Fair point. 
But so really, did the Jedi do anything wrong? You know, they probably could have done better, but because they didn't, then good things ended up happening. The Sith were destroyed. So, if that's how you feel about that, would you say Darth Revan's story is a tragedy? No. Noble sacrifice. A noble sacrifice. And that's not tragic in the way it had to happen. Killed his best friend, killed all his Jedi friends. I would say it's not a tragedy because he chose it. He had control over it. it. It's a horrible outcome, and it is a... Oh, what would be a good word for it? It is a... A suicide mission. It's noble. It's horrible. But tragic? Probably not. He murdered his best friend. Noble sacrifices. <laughs> I think you're... Just because someone's definition your, of tragedy poetically just is... Just because somebody's your best friend does not mean that you have to side with them. I'm not saying side with them, but it's tragic in what had to happen. Maybe like, maybe you could consider it that. And then he had to, if you, tur- you, know, if you turn to the dark side, you kill Juhani and Jolie Bindo. You kill pretty much everyone else who doesn't bow to you. Like, that, to me, is a tragic story. And then he lives forever, the rest of his life for 300 years, subservient to Darth Vitiate. I think, like, in my mind, a tragedy has to be something outside of your control. But look at how he died. You remember in the Star Wars? Yeah. The book? Yeah. And That's tragic to me. Maybe, maybe tragic just isn't the right word for it. Maybe it's a great loss. Maybe it is terrible. Maybe it's it's bad, but... It's tragic in that, same with the rebels. He was fighting for something he truly believed in, and he still lost. And and I think that calling it a tragedy takes something away from it. Because his story <laughs> really is that of noble sacrifice. And to call it a tragedy... Even the most noblest of sacrifices are tragic, though. But to call it a tragedy, it takes something away from it. It takes, it takes away his... It, it takes take away, away the noble sacrifice that he chose that path. And it takes away honor from his choice. So what is it then? It's just a, a dismal sacrifice in your mind? No, it, it's it's noble. It's honorable. It's something to be honor uplifted. Honor tragic. Well, you can have a tragedy even if you're an honorable person. But... To call it a tragedy, to say it was totally out of his control. It was, though, because Vishia <coughs> was controlling most of his life. But in the end, he chose to go back. He chose to fight Vishiat. I don't think choice necessarily takes away from the fact of something being tragic. No, but calling it a tragedy takes away from the choice. Not always. And taking away from the choice, in my mind, takes away from the honor earned. It's not, it's a terrible loss when someone gives their life for something that they believe in. It is a terrible loss, but to call it a tragedy takes away from the honor they earned. I don't, but... Because they earned it by making that choice to go and do the thing. But who determines whether they made it? I, I think we can honestly say that we as the readers do. 
That, so then you don't think some readers would look at that story and say, God, that's tragic. He well, maybe Half they, his life was controlled by someone else. Yeah, maybe they do. And that is that is kind of tragic. It is. But I'm is just it saying a tragedy? A, not tragedy in the terms of... What makes Romeo and Juliet a tragedy story is the fact that in the end, nothing good came of it. To the point that there was no good in the ending. Just like, <laughs> not punning in this one, but just like Darth Plagueis. That's, to me, his life is a tragedy. What are you talking about no good came from Darth Plagueis' no, life? I they said, destroyed the Jedi. I said no pun intended. Fair enough. <laughs> that, to me, is tragic. He spent his whole life scientifically, you know, basically being innovative and technologically advancing himself and... To have it sniped away and usurped by his pet By someone who doesn't even deserve it. No, to a degree, yeah. But Palpatine at the same time... Palpatine knew he couldn't defeat him in oh, combat. Oh, absolutely. So he killed him in his sleep like a coward. That's true. That to, Now that is a true tragedy. That's the tragedy. Because he didn't get to live to see his creation come to fruition. But would he have done as well as, play, or as Palpatine? He's the one who had the network of spies. He's the one who controlled Sifo-Dyas and the clones and the Kaminoans. He's the one who controlled all the money. Yeah. And I've always viewed... He would have done a better job than Palpatine. I've always viewed Plagueis as... While he was the brains and he was the one that accomplished it, I've always viewed him as a builder and, and not the guy to finish it. Palpatine's a finisher. But he I think Plagueis. I think it. Plagueis would have just continued... To burrow and burrow and burrow and attack the the Republic and subvert it. And eventually, maybe, but I think Palpatine's the one who really put the last nail in the coffin. That's because he had to. I don't I don't know that pa- Plagueis would have been able to. I think he I would think have. I think he liked the game too much. He would have just bided his time longer. A lot longer. Palpatine was just, he knew the end game. He knew how he had to get there. And Plagueis, he saw his chance, and he took it, and Plagueis it was risky. Was, he was more. Plagueis was more methodical. Palpatine was more. I don't direct. I don't think Plagueis would have taken the risks that Palpatine did. That's I why think I said eventually he might have. He would have weighed ten options versus Palpatine would have just weighed one or two. And it may have taken another an extra hundred years. But yeah. Palpatine, I don't think would have ever seen the the, the the demise of the the Jedi. I don't think he ever would have because he'd have always said, well. Maybe I can have a little safer route this way. I think he he was too much involved in the game of designing the perfect scenario. I just, I don't know. I I think it's tragic that he didn't get to see his life's work come to fruition because somebody was a coward. That's where I see it as tragic because Palpatine was just such a coward. He knew he couldn't take him in one-to-one combat. You know what I want to see, and what's a real tragedy in this, is that we don't see it. I want to see Plagueis in his full power, even just a short story or a you know a fan art, you know a fan movie. Just see Plagueis in his absolute glory, because even Palpatine knew he couldn't take him. Yeah, I want to see how powerful this dude really was. Plagueis was able to kill his master Tenebris, who was one of the strongest force wielders of his time. Right. Red lightning. I mean, dude, that's like pure Sith power. I want to see Plagueis pulling a moon out of out of <laughs> orbit. Like, <laughs> like that's kind of the level of power I expect. Plagueis studied a lot of ancient like Sith he's surrounded. And sorcery. Could you imagine the short story where he's surrounded and then the Jedi are coming out of 
everywhere hunting him down or whatever. Maybe it's just the, the Sentinels. Sentinels, a few of them found him, didn't have a chance to contact the Jedi Order. And he just reaches down with the Force and splits the planet in half. Like, that should be the <laughs> level of power that we see out of him. Unfortunately, we don't get to. And yet, in canon, Palpatine oh. is the strongest Sith ever. <laughs> he wasn't even stronger than his master. In in his timeline, yes. Outside of his timeline, he in reality, doesn't even rank top ten. Probably not. But so, if that's the case, then what do you feel about Star Killer? Tragedy or not? There's tragic elements to his story, but I don't. He dies. Noble sacrifice. But is it a noble See, sacrifice? See, I think most characters in Star Wars is noble sacrifice. How, how are you... I'm just curious. How are you coming to the conclusion that every noble sacrifice can't be a tragedy? I think it's tragic. I don't think it's a tragedy. It's... Because I, I'm very much in the writer's mindset of this is what makes... The, this is the formula for a story that is a tragedy. You're in the writer's mindset. That's the problem. You're not in the reader's mindset. Ah, I get that, but I can't help myself. Put yourself. I'm in the. I'm in the. What would Shakespeare define tragedy as? And, and a tragedy really, to me, boils down to, it's a story about not just Shakespeare, loss. but Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I don't know that I would consider any of his tragedies. <laughs> I think most of his are just dark. The, I mean the. Regardless, I'm, I, any any noble writer has to put themselves in the reader's shoes. Maybe. You can't just write a story and be like, here you go. Because if you don't think about it, how, well, how is the reader going to determine this? If you don't put yourself in the reader's shoes, you're never going to be able to write a good story. Because who are you trying to sell your story to? The reader. Well, that, there's truth to that. But I think putting yourself in the reader's shoes too much can allow you to overcomplicate it with things I'm that not aren't saying, realistic. I'm not saying too much, I but think, you have to do it enough. I think a really, really good story, you never put yourself in the reader's shoes. You put yourself in the shoes of what would actually happen here. I don't agree. All the books I've read, I don't agree with that at all. Because if you're not going to appeal to your story and your fan base, I've how read- can you expect to write a good story? Okay, I've read I've read several books that I can draw off the top of my head that in the end the reader kind of hates the outcome. Oh, I've read plenty of those books too, but you're still not Game of Thrones my is a great example. Well, he hasn't even finished the series. Don't go there. No, no, I'm just talking about the first book. Okay. At the end of Game of Thrones, uh, the first book, <laughs> your favorite character, the character that if you looked as a as a author, if you looked at how would the the audience want this to end, it, there's no way to end it the way he did. He ended it the way he did because that was the way it was going to end from inside the story. There's no way that you can justify as a, as a reader or an author uh, the little tyrant boy. I can't think of his name. Joffrey. Joffrey, yeah. You, there's no way you can say... Ah, it's pretty reasonable that he would just send Ned Stark to the wall. No, he was gonna behead Ned Stark. That's that wasn't the point I was making. But the point I'm making is, if you look at it from what would the reader want, you're not gonna write a truly good story. That's why you it was a good story because it. he looked at it. What would the readers want? 
The readers and want Ned Stark to live. And then did the exact opposite thing. But that's what makes it a good story. But did he write it because he the the because he wanted to subvert the audience? An author. Or did that's... he write it that way because that's how it would have happened in universe? The author who spends too much time devoted to their own story without thinking about how someone else might read it typically has an outcome that is subverted by what the readers want. Subverting the attention of the readers is a consequence of authors who devote... I'm trying to say this in a different way. Of authors that want to devote their time without thinking in someone else's shoes or in someone else's mind. Maybe that's true, but I think the best stories are written from inside the story. They are, but they still have to think about... Okay. I don't think so. If I'm appealing to this audience with my story... How are they going to take it? Uh, maybe, but I you think... Have, you have to. There's no way around it. I think... You can't the, write a story. That, that's that's a selfish writer. I, I want my writer to be selfish. No, you I want don't. my writer to write a story that is compelling, not that is compelling to me. You can still have a compulsive story and have readers understand the story. I want... I want that's what makes Star Wars a good tragedy. I want Lord of the Rings to be written the way it is because it's internally consistent, not because that's what the audience would like. I like the fact that he went out of his way to create a world regardless of what the audience cares about. Okay, so moving into tragedies of Lord of the Rings then. Oh. I, by the definition of a tragedy, as I, as I view it, Gollum. it's not. Gollum is... He's a tragic character. There are tragedies in Lord of the Rings. Heroic sacrifice to me. No. Absolutely. How? Because he had the ring in his hands, and guess who was the one who fell into Mount Doom? Fell. Yes. Not jumped. Not he, dropped. He made the choice to fight for the ring. Yeah. To take the ring. He didn't sacrifice himself. Sacrificing himself would be taking the ring from Frodo and leaping into the lava. I'm just saying, different he... readers can see it a different way. Well, they would be wrong. They would according be incorrect. To you. No, according to, you. to reality. The reality. You realize I'm not. I'm just. I know. Okay. The reality is. I'm trying to get you to see it from my perspective. You're see, not going to do it. I am though, because what you said about Revan to me, you say heroic sacrifice. I see it as a tragedy. There are half tragic, of his life was wasted. But his life was not. Yes, it was. He lost. No. He lost. He died. Dying does not mean losing. His plan failed when he died. But his his actions allowed for victory. No, they didn't. If you replay that story, Revan's after Revan dies, he falls off the face of the earth. Yes, he does. That's a tragedy, not a heroic sacrifice. But what he did... Losing doesn't take away from the sacrifice. It makes it a tragedy. Mm. Maybe. You're saying he built 300 years of his life fighting for something. It makes it tragic. It doesn't make it a tragedy. It is t- okay. Well, something being tragic does not make it a tragedy. Just going on a merry-go-round here. So anyways, back to Lord of the Rings. Uh, there is there, there, It's tragic what happened to Gollum, but only because it was out of his control. It was the power of the ring swaying him. But you're 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 moving back. In, I feel like moving back into that control aspect. So there's a lot of things, especially magical universes, and you and I both know this. In any kind of magical universe, you can't blame control 
for whether a story is successful or not. No. So I, I guess I'm just bringing it to your attention that if you constantly relay back to someone being out of or in or their control, you're not understanding the whole of the story. So... So look at look at Smeagol. He was obsessed with the ring. When he finally had it, he didn't realize he was dancing to the edge of his death. Right. That wasn't the ring. The ring didn't want to destroy itself. So that's where I can't see that as control. The out of his control. He, he was not being controlled by the ring to do the dancing. But he was controlled by the ring in his greed, in his appetite for the ring. The but, ring caused that. But the ring didn't cause him to die. Yes, it did. The ring, Indirectly. But the ring didn't want to the die. The ring made him who he was. It made him the loathful, greedy, selfish, uh, not quite ring wraith. But in a magical... It made him into the creature he was. And because he was that creature, he tried doing a victory dance or a touchdown dance and wasn't paying attention to where he was. It's the ring, it's Sauron's fault that the ring was destroyed. Because if... I wouldn't blame Sauron. I wouldn't blame Sauron in the sense that he chose that path, but I would in the fact that he and his powers were, were the reason that the ring corrupted the way it did. <clears throat> but that was in Sauron's control. Yes. So then, by your definition, that can't be a tragedy. But was it in Gollum's control? Because we're talking about whether Gollum's a tragedy. But you're relaying it to the control of the ring. Um, I don't... I wouldn't say directly the control of the ring, but, like, out of the control of Smeagol. Out of the control of Gollum. And out of the control of Sauron. To a degree, yeah. Because he couldn't control the ring as the Eye of Barad-dûr. Um... So, that's not entirely true. Um, he can feel the ring, but he can't control the ring. That's so the, the problem. So Without the ring, a physical connection on Middle-earth, Sauron can't control the direction. So, the ring. ring was actually, in a way, a part of Sauron. That he actually poured a part of his essence into the ring. Now, that ring, because the essence was connected to his being is what allowed him to take physical form once again <coughs> as the Eye of Beard Baradur. But it had to be brought back to the tower in order for him to be made whole. In order for him to take physical form in a body, That's yes. the problem. So he only had... It's I see it more as a telepathic connection with the ring. He has influence, but he can't actually control it. Um... It's the wearer who can control it. He can only so corrupt the wearer. So he can't control it. No, you're right. He he can't make the ring dance. But... Not like that. Well, I, I'm not physically dance, obviously, but he can't, like, a figure of speech. He can only corrupt it when it's being worn by someone. But he's not directly... He's not choosing to corrupt it. Mm-hmm. It is... It is a semi-conscious part of him. He is not saying, all right, now corrupt... Well, it is an extension of him. In a way. But he's not saying, all right, Smeagol has it, now corrupt him. It is the ring's nature to corrupt. The ring itself is corrupted. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's a corruptive force because he's a corruptive force. Yep. And so because it's a part of him, it's just like the Horcruxes from Harry Potter. In a way, yes. Um,. Not in a way, no, it is the exact same concept. Uh. 
because he ex he exists separate from it as well as attached to it. Whereas the Horcruxes are a separate piece of your soul torn in half. It's a copy of you. So theoretically in Harry Potter, if you were to use a Horcrux to rebirth the Lord, the Dark Lord, while the Dark Lord's alive, there would be two Dark Lords. But it corrupts... There would not be two Saurons. No, that's not how I remember the books talking about Horcruxes. So imagine... They're just like the rings. They've already been tainted, corrupted. So the wearer then feels negativity, emotions, begins to become corrupted themselves, just like Sauron's ring. So think of Ginny Weasley when she starts writing into the in the diary in the episode in the second movie, second book, whichever way you want to think about it, Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Tom Riddle physically evolves out of her as she puts more connection into the book. He's stealing her essence to create a new body, a new physical form. I always felt like Chamber of Secrets was the creepiest of all of them. Yeah. Maybe that's because I was in middle school, when I, or not middle school, element, like... There's an element to that. I don't know, dude. I just felt like that was the creepiest book there, It was a really creepy premise. <laughs> um, but, so theoretically, the way I read it is if Voldemort was out there and the diary was... Actually, I think it's canon. I, now that I think about it, it's canon that there were two Voldemorts in episode in in the second Star or in the second Harry Potter. <coughs> there were. There was the Voldemort who was the the face on Professor Quirrell in the first one. He gets released when Quirrell dies and goes off and does his thing. Then he's still alive with the young Tom Riddle. And the young Tom, young Tom Riddle's there, so it's two separate Voldemorts. So then, how about the, the ring? Mouth? Would not work that way. It would. Not the ring itself, but there's the Sauron in the Tower of Baradur, and then the mouth of Sauron. But the mouth of Sauron isn't Sauron. It, he, is, he is not Sauron, but he speaks for Sauron. Uh, he's he's just a black Numenorian who speaks with Sauron's power. Okay. No, 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 no. It's like a herald of a king. No. It would be like if you were king and you said, hey, Philip, go out and meet this envoy and tell them what you think I would say. Okay, then what about the Witch King of Angmar? The Witch King of Angmar is an entirely different person. It is not the same thing. The Witch King, we don't know who he is exactly. We, we've never been told. But he is a, I believe, Numenorean king who was given a ring by Sauron, a ring of power, and corrupted, as were all nine of the, of the ring wraiths. He is a separate entity. He is a separate soul. He is not... He is not directly connected to Sauron. He is just under the power of Sauron because he's been corrupted by the power, the rings of power. They're not the same person in any way, shape, or form. It's not about that, though. It's the, it's the idea behind it. So the Horcruxes corrupt because they are corrupted. The ring corrupts because it's corrupted. Yes, well... The ring That's why I said, in a sense, they're the same thing. They are not equal, the exact same thing, but they have there, the There are parallels. The tendencies remain the same. There are parallels, but I got off on a tangent because I love Horcruxes and I love the ring. And... Well, I, trust me, and in Star Wars I'm the same way, especially when it comes to things like um, Carnus Morse Talisman, uh, Dino's Ring, Frida Nad's Crown. Like... Carnus Morse Talisman, that would be more like a Horcrux. 
No. Except with his whole soul. That would be more like the ring to me. It's the embodiment. It's a piece of him that remains. It was created by him, but it essentially has its own tendencies, has a mind of its own. But it's his mind. It would be his, it would be what he would do in life. You would think, but when the wearer wears it, they still have free will. It's just they have some. Yeah, he, he has some power over them. So I I see the Carnage Mortalisman as a mix between a Horcrux and the Ring of Power. I would say I I, I would liken it closer to a Horcrux because slowly he would take it, over, but which then, is what a Horcrux does. But the Ring gives gives an, a user immense power, measurable power beyond any power they could ever have. There's truth to that. Versus a Horcrux, you don't really get Voldemort's power. You just get a certain increase in feats and buffs here and there, I feel Well, like. and not even that. You just get, he takes over every once in a while, and his he has his power through your body. Yeah. Like, Jenny Weasley doesn't remember doing any of the things that she did, because she didn't. It was her body, but it was Tom Riddle. <laughs> well... I think getting back to tragedies. I think going back to tragedies, I'm I'm looking at it from the classical storytelling apparatus of a tragedy. Okay. I think you're looking at it as what is a tragic thing that happened? And I think both are valid points no, of I'm view. I'm looking at the outcome as a tragedy. When I when I read a book, like that's where I think Starkiller is a tragedy. Heroic sacrifice, noble. But it is a tragedy in how it happened. Okay, and so I'm just looking at it is does this fit the criteria of being a tragic story, a tragedy story? Not a tragic story, but a tragedy. Does this meet the criteria for being What are the criteria? Offhand, I do not remember the exact criteria, but there are <sighs> criteria. I'm gonna look it up so that I don't <laughs> get it wrong. Because I I think we have the same premise in the same mindset for what a tragic story is the difference i feel is that you're looking for the outcome to be from a pessimistic standpoint versus me i'm looking at the outcome of okay what's the overall story trying to relay and was it a success whether good or bad and the discernment of that is up to the reader not up to the writer because every reader is going to develop a different mindset for what could be a tragedy in their own mind. Now, whether the author relays that back to English and Greek storytelling of what a tragedy actually is, that's a whole other story. All right, so this is going to be a lot more information than I want to just read through right now. But essentially... A character must be neither a villain nor a virtuous man. The character in a tragedy must be somewhere between these two extremes. Uh, first Star of all, Starkiller. Starkiller. Revan. Yes. Their stories are tragedies. That is the first one. There's a lot of points that this is well, going through. Well, that's, that's writing. That's <laughs> English language and composition for you at its finest. As, yeah. as always. Right. All right, so I'm looking through this, and a lot of these are just really wordy because authors seem to like to just add new words. It's almost like writing a book requires the author to write a lot of words. No, no, no. No, no, no. This is unnecessary. <laughs> this is this is not concise and to the point. So are a lot of words and stories. Uh, they're calling it a summary, and it's 11 <laughs> pages. I, I'm going to call it. <laughs> I think you can summarize it faster. What do you think a college thesis is? A waste of time. Exactly. 
Okay, so for <laughs> me, the, the main element that I'm not seeing in these tragedies is that they are... Good word for it? Pointless? Uh, a tragedy kind of has to serve no benefit. But judging by your first answer, Starkiller and Darth Revan are tragic stories. Starkiller is not a tragic story because he does found the rebellion. But he's not good or bad. No, but that's only a part of what makes a tragedy. That I feel like that's the most important part, is who is this character and what are his goals. Maybe it is, but it's not the only part. The goals determine the drive and the willingness of the character to do what the character is supposed to do. But what makes a tragedy, what makes a tragedy, a story a tragedy, has, there's a lot of things. One of them is the character. One of them is their motivations. One of them is that nothing works out for them. But a tragedy could also be the influence in the environment. There's a part of that, yeah. So I feel like it's definitely we can't just definitely point it to a set list of things what has to be this is this is i think when you call a story a tragedy there's certain things that it has to meet and i don't i feel like you can't do that because there's so many different types of stories that are so unique just because they're tragic doesn't mean they're they're classified as a tragedy that's not where i'm coming from i'm specifically stating that they are tragedies based on the criteria i think the I think the most important part in my mind of a tragedy is that it does not have a good ending. See, that's what I that's said earlier. That's what makes it a tragedy. And so maybe you could argue that Revan is a tragic story or a tragedy. Maybe. But Starkiller? No way. Why he not? founds the rebellion. But he leaves behind his love. And? Juno Eclipse. No good th- No good thing. No good thing. That's what makes it tragic. It's it's the fact that no good comes of it. But you said earlier Starkiller's story wasn't a tragedy. I don't think it is, because he founds the rebellion. He does good. He accomplishes at least one of his goals. The reason Romeo and Je- Juliet ends up being a tragedy is because they both kill themselves, and they don't, they don't live happily ever after. I see a tragedy as he wasn't there to see his plan come to fruition. That's the most tragic part is the hero not living to see, or villain, or neither living maybe, to see the maybe fruits that's of their tragic, labor. But again, I don't think it fits tragedy. Imagine you lived your whole life as a lumberjack. Okay. You live in a cabin by yourself, day in, day out, cutting wood, whatever, right? However you want to make this story, you eat flapjacks and bacon every morning. Sounds pretty good life. I'm really not. <laughs> You're not selling me on the tragedy of this. My, okay, so hold on. Okay, super hot, blonde hair, blue-eyed one. <laughs> um, so you have this story. Every day it's the same routine. Every day it's grueling, drudging tasks. So Sucks. it's life. Right, but... One day you're driving into town because you have no money. You stop at a gas station. You're going to fill up your your truck with gas, okay? Instead of doing that, you buy a scratch-off ticket. You win the lottery. You fill up your truck with gas. You're driving home. You die on the way home. Is that a tragedy to you? It depends how you write it. 
That's been my point the whole time. Thank you. I don't Depends think on the, writer. the way they wrote Revan's story befits a true tragedy. He I don't lives think his whole way- life under the control of another being. Then he works his whole life, kills his best friend, gets married, his wife dies, he survives. He's fighting Darth Vitiate in his mind for 300 years. He breaks free. He creates an army of robots and elites from the Star Forge or the remaining of the Star Forge on the Foundry. Only to die at the hands of someone who doesn't like him. That, to me, is a freaking tragedy. Hmm. I don't think the way the story was written is tragedy. I think it's tragic. It can be It can be both. It can be a tragedy, and it can be tragic, or it can be one or the other. But I, I don't think it falls into a tragedy. And again, I, I think we both hit some good talking points, but... I feel like it's more important for the reader to discern something as a tragedy than the author. Because the author's going to write whatever the author wants. But there's a million readers who are going to determine the author's words in their own way. Now, until you finish reading that entire 11-page summary on what a tragedy is... (laughs) If an author spends their entire life chasing the audience, they're never going to write their masterpiece. They will if they're writing to the audience in their in the way that they always do. Maybe they write something successful. I don't think they'll ever write the masterpiece. The masterpiece being the story told in the way that they artistically deem. Their masterpiece. Their... On that, I can agree with you. And in that, there are certain rules that... You're right, every story is unique, but there are certain rules for what makes a tragedy as a story. And I don't think that most of these fit them. I think that writing a tragedy is like writing an epic. It has to fall into a certain class. It would be like me writing a story about Hitler and saying, well, it's, you know... Writing a story about World War II where there's spaceships and saying, well, that's sci-fi. No, that's fiction. Technically science fiction. There's, there's, there, but there's criteria. And because of what I wrote, because of the way I wrote the story, it is a certain thing. It is defined as a certain thing. But you can turn it into a tragedy based on the audience you're trying to... It can to be both a tragedy and science fiction. Who you're trying to sell to is the most important point, though. No. You can't just write a book and expect no, it to hit as the an artist, as an artist, your job is not to sell. Your job is to create. Now, if you are good, you will sell. But if you are writing a story to sell it, you're going to write a crappy story. Really? Yes. Tell you what, I'm going to tell you that, and I'm going to give you a perfect example. Everything Disney in the last decade. Oh my God. I'm not, <laughs> not getting on that. Tell that to Jordan Peterson, all the people that he's trying to help. That's his targeted audience. Jordan Peterson has one thing going for him. He's writing the truth. From the heart. And he's writing from the heart. He's not writing to an audience. It's just that what he... He is, though. No. Yes. It it is just that what he is saying resonates. To whom? His intended audience. But is that his intent with what he's writing? Or is he intending to write the truth? And because he wrote the truth, there was an audience for it. Well, I think we're going to have to leave. He's not writing to the audience. We're going to have to leave the rest of this. I up know, to the, I know. Up to our fans to determine 
what is and what isn't a tragic story as there are so many books philip and i i mean the library that we could put together is could be deemed by the government to be a library with the books. <laughs> it's stupid but but maybe not quite we might be a book or two shy well <laughs> yeah. um but as always thanks for sticking with us hit us up our instagram at dredge day cantina spotify apple Podcasts. Discord's up still, up and running. I'm going to try setting up a Twitter here shortly. That way you guys get notifications. They're super easy. I, I gave Philip rain on Twitter because I am... We'll see if it goes anywhere. If you haven't figured this out by now, I never planned to do a Twitter to begin with. <laughs> so We're going to try. Yeah, we're going to try. And then, like I said, as far as our future intended short episodes or video episodes that's all to be determined so don't take we're take, working on it we're hoping on it Life take everything with, take everything with a grain of salt like i said but um yeah thanks for sticking with us and see you next week absolutely have a good week